Maybe there was a lot of fighting going on in your home. Um, maybe you grew up in an abusive environment where you caught the brunt of the anger of your parents because they didn't know how to deal with the pressure that they were dealing with in life and with jobs and all of that. And so you became the outlet for them to release to, you know, when they weren't drinking to get away from it and they weren't doing drugs to get away from it, they were letting it loose on you. And, and that's a reality in a lot of homes. They have to deal with that. Um, and that's something that you don't want to pass on to your kids. You don't want to pass that abuse on. You don't want to pass that anger on. And so having been exposed to that, you find yourself at times wrestling with the demons of your family past in a way and finding a way to filter that out of you so that that doesn't get into your family. And, and maybe even it, maybe it, it even puts a little bit of fear in your heart that you might become the person that you saw growing up. And that might be the big reason why you haven't even wanted to start a family yet or get involved in that. And that might be a big motivator in your life. Here, I got good news for you this morning. Okay, listen, even if you didn't grow up in the best of environments, even if you didn't grow up in a house that was full of love, even if you grew up in an abusive situation, listen, that doesn't mean that that has to transfer to the family that you have today, okay? You can end the cycle. You can end the conflict. You can stand in the gap and say, it goes no further than right here. I'm starting a new tradition. I'm starting a new way of life with my family. It might have happened before, but it is not going past here. It is not going to go to my children. It is not going to go to my grandchildren. You can rise up in your walk with God and lay a new foundation for your family going forward and what's cool is, a lot of times when you take a stand like that, you can see God begin to work to repair the damage in you from the situations that you grew up in. And if those family members are still alive, you can see God heal and restore those damaged relationships from your childhood because of the junk and the abuse that was there. So um, be encouraged. Okay, just because it happened to you doesn't mean that you have to pass it on. You can start fresh and new, fresh and new, and lay a new foundation for your family going forward. Okay, another, another um, thing that we tend to look to to pull our idea of uh, what family's supposed to look like is we look at our friends. You know, we look at um, other families. We look at um, how other parents handle issues with their children, or we ask advice and things like that. Another, another big uh, place we get information from is from the media and TV. I know when Kelly and I uh, first found out we were going to have Hannah, I started listening to every parenting podcast I could get a hold of. And I started reading all these parenting books. Can I just tell you, though, some of those books on parenting are absolutely weird they're just weird. Like some of them got great advice and some of them were just weird, weird, weird. So I found some really weird books and just didn't read those jokers. But I, I found out though that when Hannah was born, all those books and all those podcasts and all that preparation that I did to be a good dad, you could just throw it out the window because nothing prepares you for being a father. Nothing prepares you for being a mother. You just got to make that transition and then do the best job that you possibly can. Um, a lot of people, though, are influenced, especially our younger generation. Now, parents, I want you to key into me here. TV 
TV needs to go through the filter of mom and dad. Okay, what your children are watching on YouTube, on Hulu, what they're watching on Netflix. And even now, you got to be careful on what they're watching with that great big company that has a mouse as a mascot. You got to be very careful on what you're letting your children watch because the, that, that voice is incredibly powerful into the impressionable minds of our kids. And there's an agenda out there to warp and to reshape what God has established as the structure for a godly family, okay? There are shows out there that make fathers look like idiots. Um, there are shows out there that attack the family dynamic that God set up, you know, a husband and a wife. You don't always find that on some of these shows. You know, the homosexual agenda is pushed incredibly aggressively, and these shows targeted towards the younger dem demographic because they are impressionable. There's a reason why you're seeing a ton of shows pop up to reach kids in that, that age group. And you don't see them so much in what you and I watch on TV. Okay, they're trying to reach them. So you got to be careful that that doesn't come in and form what could be a warped foundation or view for our family. You know, all of those things can help contribute in a, in a, in a positive way. And they can contribute in a negative way. You know, things we see from our family. Things we get from media and TV, outside sources. You know, um, impressions that we get from our friends. All that's great. But that's not going to lay a solid foundation for how we need to structure our families, okay? There's a fourth one that I want us to look at this morning, and really this should be the first one, and it's the Word of God, okay? The Word of God gives us everything that we need to lay a flawless foundation for our family, 100%, all of the time. You know, like baseball season... Hopefully, we'll get to see some baseball this year. We'll see how it goes. But I'm not a big baseball fan because the season's too long. You shouldn't have to play 8,000 games of anything to find out who's the best. I just don't get that. They call it the great American pastime because it's like games take forever, and they're still going. Like, I don't know that baseball ever takes a break. I'm a football guy, personally. But um, if, if you watch baseball, though, when... The guy gets up to bat, they're going to post on the screen his batting average, okay? And it's going to say, like, his batting average is 250 or 285, or if he's, a, he's better at the plate, then he's going to be in the 300s, low 300s. If he's having a killer season, the upper 300s, you know, is an incredible batting average. That means that if your batting average is 300, that means that, you know, if you get pitched 1,000 pitches, you're going to be able to hit the ball, 300 out of that 1,000. That's what they say. That's why they say if you're flawless, then you're batting 1,000 on something. I'm batting 1,000 at work. I'm batting 1,000 at my home. I'm batting, you know, you're flawless on that. Um, at best, at best, getting information from our family, getting information from friends, getting information from media and TV is going to get, at best, is going to give us a batting average somewhere in the low 300s, guys, I'm telling you. But the Word of God has got a batting average of 1,000 on every issue because it is the litmus test. It is the true north. It is flawless. And all of the principles that are in it, the Word of God is 100% accurate. That's why we've got to be incredibly careful to let the Word of God be the first filter that we put every issue and every dynamic of our life and our families through. 
Everything else can be icing on the cake, but you got to make sure it first goes through the Word of God. And sometimes that's easier said than done. I get it, but we've got to make the decision and the choice. If we want to have our families have the best success spiritually that they possibly can, we've got to decide to put the Word of God first. And if you want to build a strong family, you have to build it on the foundation of God's Word. There's no shortcuts. If you want a strong family, if you want a consistent family, if you want a family that reflects the heart of God, if you want a family where you as a parent are going to be equipped to face the issues that you're going to face raising your children, the word of God, it has to be that foundation that you build your parenting on in order to be able to give your children everything that you need. Because at best, you're going to be batting 300 without it. The word of God is always flawless. And Jesus talked about this principle in uh, Matthew chapter 7. I want to read this to you. It's incredibly powerful if you can get this this morning. He says, therefore, in verse 24, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew, and they beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. Two different houses, two different scenarios, but they both faced a storm, okay? So what Jesus is saying here is that, listen, laying the right foundation doesn't exempt you from the storms of life. The storms of life are going to come. The issues of life are going to come, okay? So the question is, and this is the variable we have control over, is whether or not we're going to choose to let what we build be on the foundation of the Word of God so that when those storms come, it will stand instead of being washed away because we're batting 300, because we looked at every other avenue except the Word of God. There's a couple of things that Jesus points out here that I want to point out to you. This is huge. This is simple, but it's huge. He starts out by saying this. He draws a line between two different groups of people. He says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man. He says, there's a difference between hearing the word of God and putting it into practice. There's a big difference between being able to quote a scripture and being able to apply that scripture to your life when the heat is on. That's what Jesus is talking about here. He says, if you're able to apply it to your life. Now listen, this church people, oh, we're good about singing the songs. And he says, listen, the, the songs aren't going to be what is going to get you through these tough times. It might help you. We're good at quoting the scriptures, and that's great. But it's not about that. It's what we're able to put into practice in our lives that's going to steer us the right way when we face those storms. And then you got the other side. If you don't listen to it, he says that uh, you're in trouble. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like the foolish man who built his house on the sand. The dividing line is whether or not we're applying the word of God to the issues of our lives. That's it. 
You have to be able to apply the word of God to your finances, to your decision-making process, to, to conflict in the home, to problems with your children, to financial decisions that have to be made. What does the Bible say about this? You have to go back to it because the Bible is flawless. It's flawless in the principles that are in it 100% of the time. 100% of the time, it's always right. So he says, if you want to be right in life, you've got to live by the guidelines that are right for life. And that's in the word of God. And then Jesus takes a, a shot, and he's kind of a punk here. Um, I know a lot of people church this stuff up, and they don't read this, but listen, listen to what Jesus says. He goes, uh, by the way, if you're somebody that applies the word of God to your life, then you're wise. But if you're living your life and you're not applying the word of God to your life, he calls you a fool. He says you're foolish. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't want to be foolish in making decisions that matter the most with my family or making the decisions that matter most for any part of life. I want to be wise in what I do and make the decisions that are going to make the most impact. And you can only do that by building a foundation that is set on the word of God. I'm going to say it one more time, mom and dad. Listen. You got to build a foundation on the Word of God. Students, you got to build your foundation on the Word of God. Because what you do impacts the rest of the family. Okay? There's a lot of things that we're going to be talking about over the next few weeks to, to help us lay that foundation as a family. And I want to give you right now just a quick overview of some of the stuff that we're going to be talking about as a church and the things that we're going to be looking at. Next week is Mother's Day. So we're going to start right off looking at a mother's role in the family. And it's going to be awesome. It's going to be great. Mothers, you are many times the unsung hero of the family. And we want to, to highlight you and your role and what the Bible says about you next week. It's going to be awesome. Once we get past that, though, we're going to be looking at a ton of things to help strengthen our families here at Eastgate Church. It'll be, a, it'll be a total blessing to you, I promise you. We're going to look at some things like uh, how to navigate through family conflict. I know you guys probably don't have any conflict in your family. You know, not. the truth is, if you, you got family, there's going to be conflict somewhere, somehow, whether it's in your immediate family or extended family. I mean, how many of you know right now of families that have got family drama leaking out the windows right now you know brothers and sisters are upset with each other and moms and dads are fighting with each other and you got um third uncles out there who are offended with second cousins who did this that and that is crazy so we want to look at family conflict what the bible says about it and how to resolve it and help you navigate that because it's a reality in family and one of the things we're going to look at that i'm incredibly I'm excited about because I don't hear it talked about a lot, and I think it's an incredibly important issue to talk about, especially today in the family, and that's addiction in the family. Addiction in the family. And the same is with conflict. You probably either know someone in your family who's dealing with addiction or know someone in a family that you're connected to that's dealing with addiction that's something that affects the whole family. So I'm talking to um, a therapist who specializes in addiction recovery and how addiction impacts the family. And this is going to be an incredibly powerful service uh, to come in and hear some incredibly practical ways 
that we as a family can rally around those people and help them through that time in their life. So you don't want to miss that. It's going to be it's going to be a powerful, powerful service. So if you know somebody going through that, make sure that they tune in for that message. Um, you can't really have as strong a family as you want to have if the marriage isn't strong. Now, I know there's some incredible single moms out there who are doing a great job, single dads out there who are doing a great job. And listen, I applaud you. Thank you so much for doing everything you're doing to make your families awesome. Um, and we're going we're gonna to give you some tips too, but we also want to look at the marriage because the marriage is under fire right now. The enemy wants to attack the marriage because he knows if he can knock the marriage out of rhythm, he can knock the home out of rhythm. And if he can knock the home out of rhythm, he can knock the church out of rhythm. Okay, the enemy attacks the family because the family makes up the church. So we're going to look at ways for us to have strong marriages. And we want you, if you've got a good marriage, we want you to go to a great marriage. If you've got a great marriage right now, we want you to go to an awesome marriage. If you've got an awesome marriage, we want you to go to that crazy ending at a Hallmark movie where everything's just right and all the people are cheering and they're in so much love. Like that moment of love could change the time, space, continuum. You know, that. so maybe I got a little carried away. But we want you to have a great marriage, and so we're going to spend some time talking about that over the next few weeks. And we're going to talk about some parenting wisdom. The Bible's full of wisdom to help us navigate the challenges of parenting our children. Doesn't matter how old they are, doesn't matter whether they're toddlers, if they're in elementary school, high school, college, if you're an empty nester dealing with kids that have left home, this is what I know as a parent, still your kid. That's still your kid. And there are different stages of parenting and different ways to parent those children to the different stages of life because your role as a parent never changes. It's always there. Okay, so we're going to talk about that. And this is big. Um, as a family, you need to have a family financial plan. You need to have a family financial plan. Wouldn't it be awesome as a family, okay, if you were able to make sure all the bills were paid, even if, if you're limited on income right now and you have to watch every penny, you know, or you know, if you've got a, a big income right now and you've got a lot of flexibility there, listen, you should have a plan for that money and where it's going and what you want to accomplish with it. Um, so we want to focus on helping you setting up a financial plan. Wouldn't it be awesome to be able to make birthdays special for your kids and give them what you want? Or to be able to make Christmas awesome for your kids because the money is there and you're able to give them what they're asking for, you know? Just that one special gift. Wouldn't it be awesome to be able to take a vacation every year together because the money's there, because you had a plan in place to make sure the money was there, you know? doesn't have to be an extravagant $10,000 vacation. You can take a couple of hundred bucks and have a lot of fun as a family, but that money isn't there if you don't budget for it. So we've got a guest speaker coming in who is a financial guru um, who's going to impart some great wisdom to us as a church and families on what we can do with that money, some great strategies to help us in biblical stewardship to be wise with the resources that we have. Okay, it's going to be a great Sunday. Um, then, and then we're going to end the series. This is a date I know for sure we're going to have Father's Day. We're going to talk about a father's role in the family. I think it's pretty safe to bet on that. But the father is incredibly important too. Okay, because the dad, the father, is the spiritual head of the home. And as the father goes, so goes the home. 
And when the father is out of his role, the family is out of rhythm. So, man, I want to challenge you. Um, step up and be the man of God that he's called you to be. It's going to be a great series. It's going to be some great stuff. I mean, don't y'all think that's going to be some great stuff to talk about, some great things to dive into. We're going to look at what the Bible has to say about it, and then we're going to apply those principles to our lives and make sure that we're laying a solid foundation to build our families on. Because the Word of God is an invaluable, irreplaceable tool and earmark for doing that. I want to show you something before we leave that not a lot of people realize. Ephesians chapter 6, Paul is going through this, this scenario where he's painting a picture of what spiritual warfare is going to look like, and he's showing us the important parts of the Word of God and how they apply to us in our, our spiritual battle. And then in Ephesians 6, verse 16, he lists two items that I think gets overlooked way too much. Okay? Not only is the word of God irreplaceable in laying a foundation for what we build our lives on, the word of God is absolutely irreplaceable in our war against the enemy. Okay? Because everything that happens in our lives has a spiritual implication to it. The enemy's at work trying to attack us and trying to attack our families. He's attacking the family like never before today. There are so many outlets, so many inlets, so many, so many different ways to get in. And if there's a crack anywhere in our foundation, if our foundation is off, it's an inroad for him to get into our families and mess things up. Ephesians 6 verse 16 says, In addition to all this, Take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Now, a big obvious one to pick up on fast is this. The importance of the word of God in spiritual warfare is that the word of God is called the sword of the spirit. It says, take up, take up the helmet of salvation, and then the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Now, if I'm going into a spiritual battle... The Bible says that our sword, our primary fighting weapon, what we've got to wage war against the enemy with and to parry the blows that he tries to throw against us is the word of God. But this is what people overlook a lot. It also says in Ephesians 6 and verse 16, it says, um, to take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one all the arrows okay without exception that means there's nothing that the enemy can throw at you that you can't take care of with this thing called the shield of faith okay now if i were to ask you what faith was we'd probably get all these great churchy answers you know faith is uh uh the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things unseen you know faith is insane trust in god to step out and do what God has called you to do and I would say that is the fruit of faith in your life but where do you get faith from the Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing from the word of God our primary offensive weapon in spiritual warfare is the word of God our primary defensive weapon in spiritual warfare is the Word of God.
This is why it's incredibly important that as people of God, we are building our lives on the foundation of the word. Because if we don't, not only are we not equipped to deal with the issues and the storms of life, they're going to knock us over. It leaves us vulnerable and exposed to the attacks of the enemy, and he will absolutely destroy you. And it doesn't matter how many scriptures you can quote, if you're not applying it, and if you're not actively standing in it and putting it to work, he'll mow right over you. That's why there's so much devastation in the family and the church in America today, because we're not standing on the word of God, because we're not applying the word of God, because we're not fighting with the faith that comes out of the word of God, that we're not fighting and defending our families with the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. It's incredibly important. I wanna challenge you today to rise up and fight. Parents, I want you to rise up and fight for your family. Apply the word of God, pick up that sword and fight for your children. Don't let them be influenced by the world. Don't let them be influenced by your friends. Don't let them be influenced by the enemy's voice whispering in their ear. You stand up and you fight for the eternity of your children. Listen, students, don't let the devil rip your parents' marriage apart. You can rise up and fight too and draw that sword and put the word of God to work in your family. Fight for your parents. Fight for your brother. Fight for your sister. Fight for your family. Grandparents, fight for your family in the name of Jesus. Stand on the word of God. Have a strong foundation so that when the storms come, not only can we withstand it, but we can beat back the onslaught and attack of the enemy on our families today. It all hinges on the word of God. That's why over the next few weeks, it's so important. It's so important regardless of what stage of family you're in, to tune in and get these principles in your spirit and put them to work in your life so that you can bat a thousand, so that you can defeat the enemy, so you don't have to be a statistic, so that your household can reflect the heart of God. And that doesn't mean that you're not gonna go through storms and you're not gonna go through hard times, but it means that when we do, we're able to navigate through it because we've got the playbook and the map that's called the Word of God to steer us through every scenario, every situation, and every challenge along the way. Got a question for you this morning. What foundation are you building your family on? Moms, dads, are you batting 300 right now? Grandma, grandpa, Are we batting 300 where we're doing good, but we're not doing God's best? Students, kids, are you batting 300? Or are you allowing the Word of God to be the foundation and the ultimate end-all, be-all for your life? Because it is the only thing that when it's all said and done, when the dust settles, the Word of God is the only truth that'll be standing opinions are going to come and go what mama said is going to come and go it's not going to matter unless it lines up with the word of God maybe we need to look at entertainment choices mom and dad maybe we need to put what we entertain ourselves with through the filter of God's word batting 300 still communicates to our kids 
that we're 700 off from 1,000. And they're going to figure out that one and one is going to equal two. And if we say we're Christian and we go to church, but at home we love something different, sooner or later they're going to connect those dots and they're going to say, you know what? Mm. This stuff isn't as real as I thought it was. We've got to make sure that everything goes through the filter of the Word of God. So I want to challenge you. Listen, maybe we need to make some decisions today. I want to challenge you to make a decision to let your foundation be the Word of God, whether it has up until this point or not. That's the beautiful thing about this relationship with God is that every day can be a new day. Every moment can be a new moment. And we can choose to make a change in our lives today for the good. We can choose to let the Word of God be a priority and not just a side object in our lives. I want to challenge you to put God first and to let His Word be the foundation that we're building everything on. I want to challenge you to tune into this series over the next several weeks. It's going to be incredibly powerful and it will equip us all. I, I can't wait to grow from preaching a lot of this series. I can't wait to get into the Word of God and challenge myself and be a, be a better pastor, to be a better dad, to be a better husband, to be a better steward of the, the resources that God has given me. I can't wait. I want to strengthen the foundation that I'm building my life and my family on. I want to challenge you to do the same thing too. Let's all pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I just lift up all of these people. God, I pray, Lord, that we all make the decision to put you first in our lives, to make sure that we're building our families on the solid foundation of your word. There is no substitute for it. So many times, a lot of the issues that we deal with in life, we, we find ourselves in a scenario like that guy where we patch over a problem only to see that problem resurface again. It's because we haven't got our foundation right, Lord. We choose right now to get our foundations right in our families and in our hearts. Lord, if, if we've let a lot of junk in and, and maybe we're, we're batting 300, we're, we're just... We're doing okay, but we're not doing your best for our family. God, we repent of that right now. Lord, we're sorry. Lord, we choose to put you first and to make sure we're laying a solid foundation based on your word in every decision that we're making, in everything that we allow, because that's all that matters. We want our homes. We want our families. We want our children. We want our hearts reflects you in everything that we do.